0: Hello and welcome to the Grove Church Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and we are so glad that you are joining us. Whether you are a member and you're just catching up on a sermon that you missed or you're someone who's brand new, we are really glad that you are joining us. And if you are new in some way, and I know that a lot of people will do that, will listen to sermons first before they visit, I want you to know that we would love to meet you at any point. You can join us live in our services on Sunday, 9 and 1030, or our streaming service at 1030. Either way, we would love to be able to get to know you. And regardless of why you are here uh, listening to this sermon today, thank you so much for joining
1: us. All right, well, hey, good morning. I'm Mark. I want to welcome you here as well. And uh, I hope you've been tracking with us uh, through this series. I get the privilege today of kind of trying to bring these things together and uh, talk about, uh, you know, how they all fit in and where we're going to go from here. And um, it's just been a it's been a good series for me personally. Uh, I think uh, when we talk about the way that God has made us individually unique, the way that He's He's gifted us and gone through like all that trouble to redeem us, and then into each one of us give these specific things that we're really good at, that we're able to, through His power, have impact on the in the lives of others and uh, on our world. Um, the the fact that you know our experiences and even our current location invocation and, vocation and uh, this the timing of things like there is something in this moment that's really specific. If you really start to look at life that way, instead of just kind of fumbling along, uh, twiddling your thumbs, just kind of hanging on for dear life, if you really start to look at life that way, it's I think it's just maybe a resurgence of, of purpose, you know, in my heart. Like, yeah, we we've got a we've got a purpose. And not just a, a purpose or a vision that we've collectively decided that hey, this is where we're going, but our God, Creator God, who made you, has a, has a purpose for you, for, for us. And there's, there's an encouragement to that. There's, there's something that's, that's really lost if you've been in those moments where you're purposeless, you know, and you're, and you're not sure what the whole reason for this is. Um, it can get especially, maybe it's just my personality. Like it, that can, those are some of my most frustrating moments. To be in some place or on some team or doing something that that we don't have a purpose in this moment, and I'm trying to like stretch to find like what what exactly are we doing? Uh, it made me think. Uh, Terry and I have only been on one cruise, and uh, you'll probably understand why after I tell this story. Uh, it was one of my early mistakes in marriage. Uh, there's a long list. I think it's one of the reasons that I feel like I'm. I'm well-equipped, you know, we talk about how your life experiences shape what you can help with. I feel well-equipped to help uh, young husbands, uh, new husbands, because I can tell you all the things not to do, uh, because I pretty much did them all, or at least all the ones that have to do with me being cheap, Uh, and that might not be the best thing, Uh, and so this is what I did. We were going on this cruise, I was like, yeah, I mean, we can, if we left out of New Orleans, we could... We could board that ship and get on just barely, right? There was, like, uh, the ticket that you could buy that was, it probably set on the ticket just barely. Like, they, they like, closed the door, and then they had a side door they let us in. Uh, no, they actually let us in the big door. But they took us to the belly of the ship. Uh, you went down. You know, everybody's going up floors, and we're going down floors. It did have a window, but I could swear I remember it being underwater or really close to the water line. Like, we were down in the belly of the beast. And um, and it was Really small and had bunk beds, which uh, I think I didn't tell Terry until we opened the door. She realized that I had booked a, a cruise with bunk beds. So anyway, uh, it was, needless to say, uh, bad play on my part. And, um, and it was also a really short trip. It, it went to Cozy Mail. And I don't know if you've ever <laughs> been on one of these, but basically it, 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 the ship parked. We got off the ship. We went to the, the restaurant you're supposed to go to, Senor Frogs. We rushed through a meal, and then we rushed back to the ship to make it just in time to catch it for its departure. <laughs> and that they felt like, all right, that's, that's it. That's, that's, this is it. And so we were at dinner that night, you know, on these cruises. You end up eating and, and making friends with the other people that are on the ship because you sit around a big table. And, and so we're talking with this other couple that we had made friends with, and they actually live in New Orleans, and so they do this often. And he said, you know, yeah, I mean, sometimes we do the, the, the trip to nowhere, the cruise to nowhere. And Terry and I looked at each other, we were just like, fascinated, like, the cruise to nowhere. What do you mean there's a cruise? I mean, there's a cruise to Cozy Mill, there's a cruise to Cancun, there's a cruise to these different places. What do you mean to nowhere? He said, yeah, you, like, you just get on the ship, and they go out on the water, and they make a big circle, and turn around and come right back. And I just felt something inside of me break, <laughs> like, what? Why would you get on a ship that's not going anywhere? Like that. Didn't make, I, I can't even compute what that would mean. But, you know, honestly, it feels like that's a lot of the way that we just, we're all in this journey, but for most of us, and uh, it's, it's really sad when you think about it, the children of God, who he has given us a direction and a purpose to act as if we don't have one, to live as if we don't have one. And, you know, I've heard it said before that, that a lot of us, we're, we're tempted to live life like we're on a cruise ship. When really this is like a, a naval vessel that God is when you when you read your Bible and you see what He's calling us to, it's a work ship. And if you've seen the difference between those two, while we might have been the only ones with bunk beds on the cruise ship, you know a, a naval vessel would all be like you know four tall uh, bunk beds and. And little narrow corridors and the food is just what you need because the point is, isn't having, you know, eight square meals a day on a cruise ship and being fat and happy the whole time. The, 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 the goal is getting enough food to do the task that's at hand. You know, everybody's, everybody's got a purpose and a reason for being there. It's not just to, to have as much comfort and fun as we can have while we're on the ship. And a lot of times we get those two things confused because God is calling us to this, has invited us to this, has commanded this in our lives. And when we're doing this and we've got this kind of mentality, we look up one day and we look in the mirror and we go, what, what am I even doing? I feel like I'm just on a cruise to nowhere. And that's the danger that, that we've got this morning that I want to make sure that we're all aware of, that this is, this is what this Do Something series has been about, is that the Bible is calling us to, to do something. And uh, today we're going to look at uh, James, the book of James, in chapter 4. And I'll just say on the front end that uh, James, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to go back and, and read the whole book. It won't take you that long. But James is definitely uh, not teacher, but preacher. Do you know what I'm talking about, the difference between teacher and preacher? You know, teacher is like, man helping you get your mind around some biblical concepts, uh, you know, really talking about some of those details—that's very heady. Uh, James is like, man, these things that we know, let us do something with these things. How, did, how does it how does it practically work in your life? And and saying, hey, you you like this is this is something you should do. Um, in fact, it's James that you've probably heard of this passage in, in chapter two, where he talks about faith believing without taking action works is is pointless. He says it's, it's dead. In fact, one of my uh, <laughs> One of my favorite musicians, but I forgot his name the first service, which is really funny. I said, my favorite musicians, and then I, I couldn't say his name, and it took me like five minutes to get it. Anyway, Rich Mullins, if you are familiar with Rich Mullins, old school Christian artist. Uh, but he does, he does, he takes that passage, Faith Without Works is Dead, from James chapter 2. And he says, uh, it's like a screen door on a submarine, which I just think is a really cool kind of word picture. Like, when you think about that, like, what is the point of a screen door on a submarine? And that's what he's saying it looks like to have, to have faith, to say we believe these things, but then to have no action alongside of it. It's like a screen door on a submarine. Um, and it is. I mean, all these things that we've been talking about, the way that God has made you and gifted you and placed you and equipped you and all of those things, and, and then not to take the action. You know, we've talked about this, these good works that he's laid out in, va- in advance for you to walk in, for us to walk in. To all those things be true, but not to take the action? I mean, that reminds me of this guy's yard I I mowed uh, growing up. He had a Porsche 911, silver. He had these special tires on it that were like really soft rubber uh, where it would grip the road better because this car was made to go. And it was always where? In his garage. And I was always coming up with all the things I could do with that car. It would, be, it would be on the road because what did that car want to do? It wanted to be driven. It didn't want to sit in the garage. It's the same way, this is more close to my heart, when I'm driving around on a beautiful day where the weather's just right and I pass a Jeep that's got the top on it. Why you got a Jeep with a top on it? That Jeep's made to be topless. It was made for it, y'all. Just do it. In the same way, like God has given us all these things and then we don't act on it screen door on a submarine what's what is the point and James is saying man we got we got to do with it so um, I'll go ahead and read it for us and then I'll just start to break down a few key points from it and then also an awesome part of this series uh, that I've enjoyed big time is just having some some people come up on stage and, uh, and speak to each one of these points and we've actually got a panel that's going to come up today that I'm you're going to be excited to hear from so so let's look at it James chapter 4 beginning in verse 13 As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Like I said, James is preaching. Man, (laughs) he's not pulling any not pulling any punches. In this whole, if you catch it, this uh, all the way through the passage. Just for some context, he's he's been talking about uh, the difference between the humble. And the the arrogant. And the way that this arrogance shows itself in all these different forms. And the one, actually, the one right before it in, in verse 12, he's talking about judging your neighbor. And he's like, Who are you to judge your neighbor? Who do you think you are? There is a judge, one judge, and you're not him. So who do you think you are? How arrogant is it for you to take the, spot, the place of God and, and assume that you can begin to judge others? Who do you think you are? And then he says this. You know, uh, had this happen oh week ago Friday, and uh, and y'all, maybe, maybe y'all can help me after today if you've got a good solution to this, come come tell me how I should deal with this, this person. But uh, basically, this is what happened. The, the twins, you know, we've got twins, boy, girl, Darcy, Jack, they're nine. And uh, Thursday night, Jack's like, hey, I, I think we ought to have a, a lemonade stand. And so I said, well, good. And I did what good parents do I let him go make him a sign, uh, fully expecting that this lemonade stand was something that was never going to happen. Because we also know that they might have the great idea of the lemonade stand. But who's going to have to pay for and pull off and put all the energy into making the lemonade stand happen? Dad is. So I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not planning to do that. So, but make the sign. Yeah, make the sign. That's great. Well, what I didn't know is uh, carpool the next day with uh, some, a family that's in the neighborhood that we carpool with. They've got a, a son and a daughter that they, they play together a lot. By the time they got home from school, they had ramped this thing up. And we were going full-blown lemonade stand. We were going to change the world, Right. And they were not going to have it when I said, oh, maybe not today, maybe next. No, that, none of that was happening. In fact, the path of least resistance was just to give in to their desires because otherwise it was just going to be a, an onslaught of their, you know, barrage of their, no, we got we gotta lemonade stand, lemonade stand. There was no way I was going to stop it. So I yielded, went to the store, bought all the things for the lemonade stand, got the, the table out and all the things out. He got his sign together. I let them make the prices the large was $3, the medium was $2, the small was $0.25, cents, <laughs> which was less than I actually had in the small. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I realized that our front yard had not, didn't really get a lot of traffic. But the other family, uh, those kids, their grandmother lives on the corner lot, and it's where there's a lot of traffic. So I talked to them and said, hey, let's do this together. We'll use grandma's, is it okay if we use her yard because they'll get more traffic there? And they're like, yeah. So, so we go over there. It's about 150 yards from our house. So I, we go over there, we set them all up. I get them all going. And then I'm like, I mean, I'm not gonna stand here and watch you guys the whole time because it's y'all's deal. So just don't jump in anybody's car. <laughs> don't get out in the road, all right? And then I went and got in my yard and sat in my lawn chair and watched them, you know, just to make sure everything was okay. Well, as I'm watching... All of a sudden, this other little girl, younger than them, comes over and starts playing with them and holding the sign some and things. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's great. That's, that looks like fun. And then I noticed her dad started coming over and talking to them pretty often. He would come over and talk and then he would go back and i was like, well, that's kind of strange, but I guess he's taking care of his kid, which I'm glad he's not expecting me to take care of his kid. Well, then I noticed that he was like knelt down beside the table doing some calculations and had the money in his hands. And I was like, well, that's kind of strange getting about dark. So I went over there, I picked up all the things and I said, well, how did y'all do? And they said, we made $80, which by the way, maybe we should all quit our jobs and have a lemonade stand uh, movement here because that's a lot of money for the amount of time they were out there. But then they said, yeah, each one of us got 14. And I said, Hmm, I'm not a smart guy, but 80 divided by four is not 14. And they said, oh, yeah, uh, so-and-so's daddy, he came over, he did the math, and he split it. He split it five ways. And I thought that was interesting. You know, okay, so, but that's fine. Yeah, little girl, she was helping. I mean, it's fine if she gets a split. But then I'm like, but 80 divided by 5 is not 14. So what happened? Oh, well, her birthday is Monday, and so we gave her 10 off the top. So I'm thinking, so, hold up. So we ran the, the lemonade stand. I did all this. I paid the money for the stuff. I said, all the work, set it up. She got $24, and the other four only got $14. And as I'm loading everything up and driving away, I'm looking over at this dad, and, y'all, I didn't even know how to go have a conversation. I was like, what was he thinking? I don't know. Who do you think you are that you can come bogart our, our lemonade stand? Who do you think you are? That's what I wanted to say. just looking at me and go, what? I don't get it. Man, when you look at this passage, oh, I promise this makes sense. You look at this passage, it feels like that's what James is saying. Hey, you're saying tomorrow I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to do that, and we're going to make money. And he's like, who do you think you are? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't own tomorrow. There is one who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and you're not him, just like judging. You're not him. So who do you think you are to say we're going to go do this tomorrow and what we're going to do tomorrow? That's arrogance and it's just dumb. You, you, you're a mist. Your life is here for a second and then it's gone. That's what you are. He's the one that knows. He's the one that calls the shots. And we obey and give our worship and follow him. We're not the ones in control. And so a way I guess we could say it is it's foolish arrogance to talk as if we know things that we don't. That's just dumb. So he says, you don't even know. You don't know this. So don't act like you do know what will happen tomorrow. It's also foolish arrogance to act as if we can do things we can't. Did you hear what what he said? We're going to go here, we're going to do this, and we are going to make money. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can run a business and we can try to figure out how I can run another lemonade stand today and we might make some. But I can't call what's going to happen tomorrow. And look what he says. This is the way you ought to say that. If the Lord wills, we'll do this. If the Lord wills, then this will happen. That's, that's the way a person under authority speaks. A person who knows what their limits are and how big God is and how he's the one, not us, that knows things and that uh, holds the future. And we operate as people under authority. And, uh, and there's some folks here today that I just, as I've been thinking about this in the last few weeks, that they're just immediate names that come to mind of people who have, have done this. Uh, the good work that God had set out in front of them, they saw it, and they took initiative. And so if you guys want to go ahead and start making your way to the stage, uh, Jay Easterling, Dallas Boat, uh, Amanda Height, and Jake and Kaylee uh, Stoneberger. So y'all come on up. Y'all clap them up. Oh. I think we're going to try to scoot a little bit further down this time. Hey, Jay, would you go ahead and get us started? Just kind of give us your your name and um, how, how long you've been at the Grove, kind of what your area of service is.
2: Yeah, I'm Jay Easterling. Uh, my wife, uh, Amy, and son, Joel, we've been coming here for about seven years uh, or so. Uh, we, well, I... Do a little bit in the tech booth to um, do some uh, uh, slides and also the lights. Um, We do coffee every now and then, uh, except actually when Leslie asks us to do coffee, she's really asking our son to do coffee. Um, We get kicked out, Um, so he does it. I'm (laughs) actually shocked he doesn't bring a gram scale and measure out all the coffee. He's got it down to a science. So all Amy and I do is just, you know, put cups out and make sure there's creamer. So that's all we do. Um, Jake Stonebarger, we have been
3: here for 10 years at the Grove. Um, I've done a little bit of everything, but most recently served with uh, our roots student ministry upstairs on Wednesdays.
4: Kaylee Stonebarger, Um, I've done some special projects with, Grove Kids and Roots, and then also help do breakfast um, a couple Sundays out of the year.
5: Amanda Height, Um, Four years. I've been here since 2006, off and on, but the last four or five years. Oh. (laughs) Um, I help out with women's stuff and children's stuff.
6: Hey, y'all. I'm Dallas Boat. Um, My wife and I have been coming here uh, since we were in college, so close to 10 years. Um, and sometimes you see me in the morning greeting, um, most recently um, finished up uh, with uh, back-to-school backpack drive that we wrapped up last month. So, All
1: right, thank you all. Uh, one of the reasons that we've you know, enjoyed and, and tried to get some folks on stage is just, one, so you can put faces with names. It's amazing to me how often I'll talk to somebody that I really like and uh, I, somebody else I really like, and I asked them if they know them and they don't know each other and have never met. And I'm like, man, you guys should totally like, like, y'all would like each other. Y'all should meet. It happens often. So that's, that's one of the goals here. Um, but also, let me just give you kind of a flyby. The reason why when I, when I said, hey, these people have taken initiative and in how I've seen it. So, so Jay and Amy, they are the ones, you know, I was... Uh, Talking about that directory that we're putting together, actually, uh, Newsflash, Wednesday, email, be ready. Uh, the details about how to access that and start using it will be in that email. So it's coming. Uh, and we've had a little bit of trouble getting it off the ground, but it's, it's coming. But uh, that is totally uh, Jay and Amy's brainchild. They, you know, when we started Grove Groups and trying to figure out how to connect people, uh, it was obvious that people just didn't even have a. They had a name, but I don't have a face with this name, and I don't know how to put a face with this name. And so they're like, "Hey, back in the day, there was this thing called a directory. Uh, surely there's some up-to-date version of that." And Jay is like, "I got a camera, and you know, I got a computer, and we can we can figure this out." And so uh, that's that's how it started, and they just took the initiative to to go at it. Uh, Jake, uh, he's the guy. If if you've got a kid in Roots, you know this. Man, he, he just stepped up and jumped in there, and my kid, I'm so thankful he'll come with his Jake stories, which are always uh, fun, uh, and, but the, the impact that he's having up in that place. But then also, uh, Jake is an example of a guy that he has come to me multiple times and just said, hey, Mark, whatever it is. Uh, they just started leading a small group because we needed some small group leaders, and he's like, just, just whatever it is. I uh, my yeses on the table, which is, is really rare and incredible. Uh, Kaylee's a, a counselor at, at a school and she's got those skills and all that training. And we, with both with Roots and with Grow of Kids, we just had several different things that we needed that training. We needed some understanding for our teachers and our leaders. And she put a training together, and she, she took the initiative to do that and to just up our game in those areas. Um, she was, you know, one of the only ones that could have done that, and she stepped up and did that. Uh, Amanda teaches uh, our, a lot of our ladies' Bible studies, which I have just heard that she does an incredible job and is very truthful from her heart, and uh, I know that it's a, it's a big step of faith to do that and what it takes to prepare, especially as a volunteer, to work that into your life, and she, she's just stepped up and done that, and then just like Dallas said, he and Kelsey are, you know, we have this backpack drive at the beginning of every school year. You don't think about all the behind of the scenes things that it takes to, to do that and to care for those kids and to get those backpacks together and to get them there, and, uh, and Dallas and Kelsey are the ones that said, hey, that, that's, that's a need we could do that. And, uh, and they stepped in and have done it. So, so anyway, that's just a quick, quick run by, but what I want you guys to do, and y'all can just pass the mic around and answer as, as you want. But, um, what is it that if you go back to when you, this, you know, these different areas of service, or if there's another one that's in your mind or heart that you, you felt motivated, like God was, was causing you to step out and compelling you to do that thing.
2: When you put out the Grove groups, um, we were looking at that, and we were looking at the names on there. And we knew one of the the families on there, uh, but we just didn't know who else that was that was on there. And Amy and I got to – we were actually thinking about this kind of separately until I think one of us was like, hey, you know what would be awesome is – if we could have pictures or some kind of way that everybody could see who everybody was. And so we were like, how about it like just like a some kind of online directory, not like the old school book that's out of a date as soon as you, it gets printed. Uh, so we were like, that would be really cool. And we are like, if it could help somebody connect with somebody else, that could provide some kind of blessing or uh, help along the way, I mean, that would be a really cool thing to do. So, and it kind of helps us get to know each other a little bit better. Um, You know, helping out in the tech booth, um, you know, all I'm doing is just kind of piggybacking on the hard work that other people has put in on this. But if it gives them an opportunity to, sit out in the crowd and absorb some of you know what Cass is putting out what you guys on stage um, preaching or giving out it it allows them to kind of relax and just kind of take their mind off the stuff that's going in the back and so um just you know just kind of behind the scenes trying to help out as much as we can cool cool
1: anybody else what where the motivation come from
3: yeah, so, uh, and I said this in the first service, so I may or may not say the same thing. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but, you know, we, we grew up in a church that had a very vibrant and alive youth group and something that was really big and big parts of our lives, mine especially, that's where I grew the most with Christ in the last two years of high school. And today I'm still very good friends with our youth pastor that we, we had. And so um, I've always loved students um, and just diving in uh, head first. And, and then I get to go up there and just be a big kid and... For two hours a week I, I get to make jokes and throw balls at your kids' heads, so um uh, with care but uh now, just you know trying to trying to pay that for we had some really cool sponsors in our youth group growing up that were just they were there, they were part of the community, they were part of us, and getting to hear their experiences in life you know in mid thirties mid forties and just you know using that especially as an older kid, and kind of using that to understand like what I need to look forward to and What that looks like seeing really healthy relationships and parents that you know i didn't have at home but through those sponsors um got got some insight into that and so um and then just you know encouraging especially our senior high kids just you know everybody's watching all the time and so you're an example whether you know it or not there are younger eyes watching you and how do you handle that influence and that impact and and how important that can be and that culture inside roots is is it's ours to build and so what do we do with that moving forward
4: Mm. so very
1: cool Hey, I'll throw, I'll throw out a second question, and y'all, y'all talk as you want. But uh, was there any main big obstacle that, that you're like, you know, I feel like God wants me to do this, but?
4: Um, I also said this in first service, but I think a big one for me is just the imposter syndrome, like feeling like, how could I be the one to do this? I'm not good enough at what I do or not well-trained enough at what I do, so... I don't feel like it should be me that's developing these trainings or working with uh, the youth group on building their culture. Um, and then just remembering that that I can't do it, but God can do it through me. And just a good reminder that being available and being open to what God would want for me to do and want for me to use those skills is where I need to be and not let myself get in my own way. hmm
6: Yeah um, I'd say probably five years ago I couldn't tell you when and why Specifically but um, I felt a conviction to From God just to get more involved At the Grove and specifically To say yes to things Um, Whether it's Mark saying hey We have this group want you to be a part of it Or Leslie saying hey we need help here Um, I felt that And you know God helped me Um, activate on it and so um, you know whether it's it's greeting in the morning or um, doing something involved with the grove it's been just incredibly rewarding Um, because you know i can look out and i can see so many faces and you know i can say you know like hey how's your mom doing or you know has your baby started sleeping and things like that and i just i've made so many connections here and you know, I like to think that I have a really introverted personality and then I I it's hard for me to make connections, but if you get involved, like it happens and it's it's really rewarding and fruitful. And so overcoming the fear of, you know, talking to people, overcoming the fear of, you know, like can I can I give my time to that? Like God will, will help and, and it will be um a really rewarding thing.
1: Hmm. Cool. Well yeah, kind of what you said there at the end, what would you guys say? How have you personally benefited or seen, what have you seen God doing in your own life because of that involvement? Anything?
5: Because mm. everyone said something? Okay. <laughs> well, we're negative time. Um, <laughs> so how have I benefited? Well, I love leading women, particularly in Bible study and just digging into the text, and I would say. Um, probably the way I've benefited the most is um, just God takes me through the ringer with the text before he allows me to present it. Um, And I wouldn't even say I'm doing that much. I'm just facilitating discussion. But um, also, it's just been so awesome to see women study God's word that maybe have not had much experience um, with in-depth study and just seeing them grasp things and be like yes you're capable of doing this too so super rewarding
1: yeah 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 yeah
3: we're over time but it's okay y'all don't worry about that jesus jesus worry about keep that. track um, no, so <laughs> they'll be mad at me one thing uh we do in youth is we every wednesday we do happies and crappies and so that's a chance for the students to share you know like what went on in our week that was really good what was really bad and just to hear something, you know, that we've talked about, you know, in weeks past, and then to hear a student be able to use that, and hear a student, a seventh grader, be able to speak to, hey, I, I sat with this kid at lunch today that no one sits with, and I actually just talked to him about how his life is going, and being, I mean, a seventh grader, right, like, I hear the sixth and seventh grade stories all the time, like, that's deep for a seventh grader, like, to, to go walk up, up put their stuff out of their comfort zone, and and that stuff that we've talked about in youth, and, and again, that goes back to pushing our older kids to talk and, and be vocal and and let them, you know, understand, like, you can do this stuff. Yeah, it might be a little awkward. It might be a little uneasy, but, like, God is putting you in that position for a reason, and so just to hear if if kids can do it, if, if seventh graders can overcome their awkwardness and all that social pressure to do it, like, then what are, what am I doing, right, in my own work? Like, it, it pushes me to want to seek that myself even more, to hear these kids that have these success stories, and you know they're not all success stories but hey like they're still here You're and they're willing to share and so that's just been really fulfilling to see so
1: that's awesome that's awesome thank you guys <laughs> man y'all we do uh just have some really incredible people that we get to do life together with you know and um i encourage you to, to meet them <laughs> For people to meet you, because uh, there's lots of really cool stories about, about what God is doing and what he's calling us to. And it's just really cool and amazing, honestly, when, when somebody steps out and obeys. I mean, this, this incredible thing that we're talking about that uh, Charlie led with, with from Galatians, that, I mean, that there are good works set out a- ahead of us that we're, we're to walk in. And the, the privilege of that, the invitation of that. But then also, I mean, this passage we just looked at, I, I don't want to miss also the command of that, that, that our God is, is commanding us to walk in these things. Did you catch that last part? And I know it's a, it's a hard truth to swallow, but it's, it's truth all the same. He says, as it is, you, uh, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then... Knows the good they ought to do, and then they they don't do it. It is sin for them. And you know, if if we were to stop this morning and all, like, you know, get it, circle up and talk about the different sin that we're struggling with, you know as well as I do. I mean, most of those conversations, they would be about the thing that we know we're not supposed to do but we're struggling, you know, still doing it. Those sins of uh, commission. And it's, it's really this, this sin of omission that, that we don't think about that often, but that is just as critical. That God is wanting us to, to be a part of what he's doing. He's, he's invited us to it. He's commanded it to it. He's gifted us for it. All the things we've been talking about. And he, and he expects it. And when we say no... I love the way that Dallas talked about it, just, to, just that, that yes, being on the table, that yes, Jesus, whatever that is, Jesus, and you know, uh, some of the other things that were said, you know, that it's, it's the thing that maybe presses you out of your comfort zone the most. That's, that's the thing that, that Jesus shows off his power the greatest, the, the area of your, your weakness. He, he will, he will, I promise you. He, he'll, he'll move you, compel you to do that thing Not the thing that you feel really strong in and it comes easy to you. He's going to force you towards the thing, point you towards the thing, compel you towards the thing that you really don't want to walk that path. Why? Because in your weakness, he shows off his strength. And in those places of dependence, guess what happens? You and Jesus, you get really tight. And there's not a shortcut to that. This invitation, this command to be a part of our king, making his name great on the planet and bringing his kingdom goodness. You know, we've talked about this through the series. I mean, what is the answer out there to all the brokenness, to all the hurt? Our good God wants to do good things and he wants to do those things and show who he is through us. And we get to be a part of that. You know, the thing about commands that I think gets uh, misinterpreted a lot of times is that somehow commands are restrictive and keep us from things. The truth is, our good God has commanded these things for us. The things that we shouldn't do and the things that we should do, ultimately for our good. The things he does, He, he says we shouldn't do, yeah, you shouldn't do those. Don't you, don't you agree? Those things cause pain. The abundant life that he wants us to have is not found in those things. That song we sang a second ago, uh, or no, excuse me, I guess we're going to sing it here in a second. You can, you, now you can sing it with your full heart. Uh, but there's, there's nothing better than him. That's the truth. And so you can go chase everything else, but you're going to end up finding out that it's not as good as him. And this is part of it, these, this path of a workship, not a cruise ship where you're just concerned with your comfort, but a, a work ship where you have purpose on the planet in partnership with God who's doing an incredible thing to draw people to himself, to redeem a broken world. You know, that God who set you free, he wants you to be a part of that with him, with us. And it's in that place that the abundant life is found. It's in that place that peace and joy and life is found. It's in that place And I know that might seem a little counterintuitive, but I promise you, the disobedience to the command to do the good works that God has called you to is not the path of life. It might be the path of least resistance, but it is not the path of life. Jesus wants to meet you. He wants to meet us there. And so let this be a call to us to say yes. And I don't have any idea what that looks like for you. Individually, I know as a church what we're trying to do. I don't know what it looks like for you. But one thing I love about the Grove, if you picked up these things, a lot of those things that these folks were involved in are not programs that we run. There's a lot of, what is God doing in your heart? And how can we rally around you to do that? If it's getting some backpacks for some kids, how can we rally to support that thing that God has put in your heart, that good thing that he's put in your heart to do? That's what we want to be a part of. So let me pray that it would be true. Father, I am, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that uh, you didn't just uh, save us, redeem us, and then just leave us with no purpose. I I don't wanna be on a cruise to nowhere. I I want to be uh, with you doing the things that you're doing for your glory, the things that are outside of our abilities to even care about in our selfishness uh, to be involved in, in our arrogance (laughs) uh, that you want to take us there humbly looking to you, the one who does know tomorrow, the one who is in control, the one who can change things and looking to you to use us however you see fit in, in the supernatural way that only you can, that only you can. So Father, please do that in this room as we, as we sing these next two songs. Stir, stir our heart to what that good thing is. That, that last verse, the one who knows the good thing, I pray that we would know the good thing, that you would reveal it and make it crystal clear well, there's no way that we can dodge it, but we can look straight, in the, straight at it and say, this is the good thing that God has for me to do. And yes, Jesus, I'll obey. Amen.
0: Thanks again for joining us on our sermon podcast. And you can learn more about us at thegrovechurch.org. And if you go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, there's a form you could fill out. Just let us know that you've been listening. And if you want to dig deeper on some of these topics that we cover in our sermon podcast or just in other issues of dealing with culture or theology, those kinds of things, uh, you can check out our Cultivate podcast. which is on the same feed, um, however you found this particular podcast. So again, this is Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove, and thank you so much for joining us.